This is the Outlander Club. Grab a snack, grab a drink, sit back and relax as James talks with a special guest to discuss their Star Wars story. This is the Outlander Club, and today I am joined with... Heat Override. Oh, yeah. Call me Rob if you like. No. Heat. H-O. H-O-R. I said she pronounces horse. So maybe we'll stick with a Rob. <laughs> People will catch that. I just thought you kept me coming fire, catch them off. You know, you got a lot going on when you got Vader over your shoulders. So Vader's you know, coming after you. I'm trying to stay alive today. And that's why you're the heat. All right. <laughs> this is the Atlantic Club. This is your Star Wars story. Will you tell us all about how you became a Star Wars fan and what kept you a Star Wars fan? And uh, why you're still a Star Wars fan since the sequel trilogy is about to get retconned and rebooted in every way. Look at that. Do you call him Baby Yoda or Grogu? It's It really bounces between the two. That's <laughs> the funny part because, you know, as you, as the story progresses, you know, like me and my daughter, we run around and we'll just, we still, it's still Baby Yoda for the most part. But then like every once in a while, I'll be like, Grogu. She'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it throws people off. It does. It really does. It really does. And I love that the show and Book of Boba both acknowledged the name being what it is. Like with Grief Karga and Pelimoto and, and Book of Boba. Like, that's a horrible name. I love <laughs> that they're kind of, I love that they play on it. They know what the fans think and uh, they don't care because no. I, 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 I'm the same though. I bounce between Baby Yoda and Grogu all the time too. I'm like, uh, you know, it depends on who I'm talking to and the mood that I'm in because I think. <laughs> I want to know what the script, and I don't know if anyone's seen this or if you have. We're going to get to this soon. But the script for the first episode of The Mandalorian said, because obviously he was the child, but they had to describe him in the script, right? So it was the child, like, and Bobo, and, and Din Djarin sees a child, I imagine is what it said, and the child is Yoda's species? Or did it say the child is a baby version of Yoda? Like, what did it say? Because they were like, we don't call him Baby Yoda. But did you? How did you describe that it was Baby Yoda without being Baby Yoda? You liars. They they, they, they have drawings. They have drawings. Oh, adorable drawings. So they're just like, you know, I mean, here's a drawing right here. You know, they were drawing something up like that. And then they're like, well, that's just the Baby Yoda. And they're like, no, we're going to call him Grogu. And they're going to be like, well, when are you going to let that be known? And then they're like, well, after we call him the child first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to sell the child merch and then rebrand it as Grogu merch. And then probably rebrand it as Baby Yoda merch as well. I Yeah. I love it. They probably got the guys that made Muppet Babies and Flintstones kids to do the Baby Yoda. <laughs> that would be, an, that I mean, would be, that would be a cartoon. nice guest appearance. That would be a nice guest appearance. You this know? is a show that Disney Plus needs, like a car, an animated show for kids. Star <laughs> Wars babies. Like... Take us back 40 years, Star Wars babies. You have actual baby Yoda hanging out with actual baby Anakin. It would be phenomenal. Yeah. Let's, let's do that it, Disney. Be, yeah, it'd be like, like you said, like baby Muppets. Yeah, exactly. It would be so good. Exactly. Like baby all... Anything works. So all right, now that, roll them in. now that our but, pitch is out of the way to Disney, let's get yeah. into your let's get into your Star let's Wars do story. Do you right, remember well, you know, the first time you saw? star wars or were introduced to star wars so what was crazy is my dad was a chuck norris and charles bronson fan growing up so i didn't really i had to seek out other ways to know about star wars which ended up being my friends because all i was getting was death wish one death wish two death wish three and we're watching fear no evil or whatever you know hear no evil and i'm thinking i'm like 
you know, and so I go, I was watching Star Trek weekly. So yes, I actually started out as kind of like a Trek dude, you know, and, and I kept watching it and, you know, we got Spock and we're having fun. And, and then me and my buddies were talking, they're like, do you ever see Star Wars? I was like, no, no, I haven't. And they were like, you need to see Star Wars. So for them, it was kind of a playoff because they already knew everything. And I was like, dang, because my, my uh, oldest friend of all time, he's a couple of years older than me. So, you know, he had already seen it. I had watched the first one when it came on, like it was one of those, I think it was week TVs on the ABC movie night or something. And we watched it and we always had HBO. And I was like, oh man, like a minute, I fell in love with Luke right from the go because, you know, it's that curiosity, you know, the thing. And then I didn't understand why Obi-Wan disappeared though. That did throw me off at first, but it threw you <laughs> off too, right? Yeah. I think I'd imagine it did. I don't remember. Like, I, I, I remember for certain questions from Star Wars. I don't remember that one. Uh, but I always remembered him. Dr- there was a lot in Star Wars, I got to say, that I did not understand <laughs> or follow. Because, you know, you're like two, three, four years. You know, you grow up with it. You don't have any idea. Yeah. So your first experience was on TV yeah. watching it. Um, I think my my first might have been similar. Because I remember my VHS tape of of mm-hmm. Star Wars was uh i believe it was on fox and it had like just before the commercial breaks they have like the fox graphics come in so i think that was my first time watching it was on that too or my grandmother's beta tape it was one of those two for sure yeah so that's yeah i'm old that's how far back we go. no i mean we all are but that's that's you know that's the best part of it is we got to experience it from like like why i mean that whole charles bronson you know Bruce Lee, all that generation was kind of like the action movies were kind of passing over. And then here was coming in the sci-fi kind of things, you know, I mean, you're getting running man around this time, you know, we all know about space odyssey. And then of course you're getting this, you know, the original trilogy. So, you know, it, it gets to the next one. I, I was like, I needed more. So when I got to the empire strikes back and I watched that it just immediately starting off, I was like, man, this is going to be, really 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 good do you and, remember do you remember how far apart that was from from a new hope do you remember like there's a time there was a long gap or were they already both out and you had the they were both out back? yeah okay, i was okay. born in 78 so that that's kind of where you know so when i was watching these practically about like 84 85 oh uh, yeah so you know that 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 time so first second grade for me technically so you so know you were, they I, were available I, to you yes they were they were so we went you know we had like back in the day we had the old you know rental places so yeah we got empire got that and then finally got jedi and that's right there i i still just i agree with what you talk about every time you say that return of the jedi is literally still you're always going to be number one it's everything in that film the overcoming the coming you know vader coming back and finally sticking up for luke you know the 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 double turn pretty much it's almost like wrestling's greatest story between hitman and stone cold steve austin he got that turn and it was so so crazy because in a lot of movies that you watch and how it's scripted you kind of get that but nothing was more stronger than that moment because you want to go back to when luke was walking with vader in that hallway on endor yeah and he was talking to him and he was trying to already change him then 
but he was telepathically talking to him too, which a lot of people don't understand is you just hear the words. You don't hear that. He's also searching Vader's thoughts and that he's feeling out to him in the force as well, which also amplifies that, which made return of the Jedi. Amazing. I, well, you know, I, you, you said it, I do agree with that, of course. And I think for like, when you're a little kid and you don't see all of that, there's still the, the, the little guys overcoming. And then obviously mm -hmm. Ewoks are amazing. But it, but there is a story about redemption there and hope, and then the heroes win, and that's, I mean, and if Star Wars is for kids, as George Lucas always liked to say it was, whether or not it was from the get go, we don't know. But he likes to say now that he made his living off of uh, toys, if it is yeah. for kids, and that movie is the perfect movie, and I think we're gonna get to it. We won't talk about it yet. But the Phantom Menace mirrors that in a lot of ways. And while yeah. you and I might not have been kids then, there were kids who probably saw it from the same. But they had to watch the story in reverse. They we saw it. We saw it like, oh boy, oh it got dark. Okay, we won. They saw it from we won. Oh, what happened? So they got the yeah. reverse story. But then they had three more that they can go back and then see how it all turns to the light. So you 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 went to the video store. I miss video stores. I was thinking about this the other day because when you go on like Netflix and did, like mm -hmm. and you're searching, you can search for hours. Everyone's like, I searched for hours. I can never find anything. It was yep. the same in 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 the the stores like Blockbuster or whatever. It was the same yep. there, but you kind of felt like obligated, like you had to leave with something. So you always chose something, and it never it wasn't always good what you chose. But you whereas Netflix, you don't. <laughs> I, I I walk away now. I'm like, well, I don't need to. And I just walk away. But the old you, video stores, you, you had to walk out with something. <laughs> you have to. So we had a local video place called Real Entertainment here. And they came out with this five movies, five days, five bucks. No new releases, oh. just the old stuff. So then we started getting all the horror flicks from back then, uh. like the mid 80s horror flicks. Like just for yeah. we just go grab, throw all a few dollars in make the $5.30, go home, and that would be what we would watch all night long. I mean, we've seen things like Three on a Meat Hook, the original <laughs> Blood Lake, which was shot, oh I God. think, just the VHS. Probably. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. But I also even branched off into Kung Fu flicks and, you know, Mandarin films. So the funny thing about that is, is they got this whole Mandarin set for the Wu-Tang. I rented them all, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that rented them all because they ended up in the for sale and for like two dollars each, and I bought them all every single. Oh yeah! Oh man, play. the used bin of the movies that people did not buy, the gems you could pick up. People will never understand that, but the gems you could grab. It was oh, so man. good because the other thing, and look, I'm a big, I'm a big streamer. I, I, I went all digital. I don't buy the, I, I don't do the physical stuff anymore. I don't have room for it. I agree, and I'm. I'm very lazy, right? I like to, I like to just what's on the TV, but but I can't dust it off all the time. But those movies that you're talking about, you wouldn't you wouldn't buy them on streaming or on digital because you wouldn't find them, right? They're like the diamonds in the rough that are hidden somewhere. They have to be in the bin for you to see them and pick them out. Mm -hmm. Let's okay. So you you rent Return of the Jedi and you're yeah. all in on Star Wars, but then Star Wars kind of just stops let's did you yep. watch like the the droids and ewoks cartoons or the ewoks movies at all I, no i actually for some reason i didn't have access to that and right around then you gotta think i was about 10 yeah. years old at the time late 80s going 10 12 because you know 88 and so for me music had started playing into my uh you know everything what i was doing and it was kind of leading into where i was like playing a little more sports and stuff like that so I never went out and bought the comics. However, I did buy the games. I played a lot of games like when we talked about that before. And really it wasn't until, you know, when you got to like 
I'll, I'll predate the shadows of the empire because that was the one that was really like that started intriguing me but flip back the original super star wars super empire strikes yeah. back and you know super return of the jedi to actually know that those movies have those movies and then have those games and play those games and to see how the progression of luke actually happened in those games it just brought it all back for me honestly because outside of that when you i got these games the timeline starts right there so i play all three of those games they come out in order you get the shadows yeah. of the empire which by the way i mean everybody that's played that game the story was amazing the way that he worked with luke it just was awesome it was around 98 when i had you know my older daughter so when the prequels came out i was she was old enough to actually take to the theaters which then i showed her the four five six format I told you know explained to her you know we're going back now so she did the four five six one two three kind of like that gave that choice to her and that was like you know me passing it on but also how it worked from there too because this story is going to sound like a repeat story when i talk about the sequels <laughs> so let's let's go back to the star wars games because you're like there's a, a dark period then for a few years between yeah. jedi and the games and obviously you had a super nintendo i'm guessing or somebody you knew had a super nintendo and what uh, did you rent the game or was it like gifted to you how did you get the no, first i rented one? it i rented it rented it from real entertainment I rented that and I rented each one of them in a row before I actually went out and bought them or I probably bought them off of the thing because they would put their games after they had made so much money, they would put the games out that weren't moving anymore and yeah, it would be a discounted price. It'd be like $5 or $4, $3 for a Super Nintendo game. I mean, you couldn't beat that. No, that's so. how I bought a lot of my games too. I would be like, wait. <laughs> When they hit the U shelf, pick them up. Or there was uh, an outlet store I used to go to all the time too, and they had the games cheap and mm -hmm. like cheap. Yeah, and and that was discounted. So I will kick myself in the butt. They put Ninja Gate in trilogy for the Super Nintendo there, and I looked at it, and I was getting paid the next day. And my buddy was like, "Hey man, I got money on me right now. I'll give you that." And he was trying to buy something. He was like, "This will be here tomorrow." I I told him no. I came back the next day, and that game was gone. Uh... And it's worth so much money now so much money but just to have not to i have i own it for like my wii u and my switch and stuff it's just not the same because the you same. have the actual super nes cart that's like one of yeah. those things that eluded me so yeah like getting there and and replaying that game that of course ignites like i was saying ignites that passion in you i still didn't seek out star wars at that time uh in comic form because at that point i was reading hellblazer which you know john constantine is my day one a1 hellblazer comic strip of all time i wasn't even old enough to buy it dude sold it to me because that's how we got through things back in the day <laughs> i mean, it was an 18 plus it was dude the first time i read hellblazer i i was introduced to like the whole british life their slang and just how demonic and how crazy that comic was so i didn't again there was nothing it was those games and like i said when i got up the shadows of the empire that game made me go buy shadows of the empire book and that's what actually where it started the star wars books for me too because you know popping up to you know the phantom menace when that came out and i was able to go see that in the theater and to experience the flying you know the pod racing 
People hate on it. I don't care how cheesy any of these actors act. I don't care if they have emotion. You can't tell me when Annie wins that race, you ain't happy that when you were seeing that on a big screen that that didn't make you feel good. And I, I can't relate to all those EU people either because like, yo, it, you like that. Just enjoy that Star Wars. Don't be angry. Be happy we get it. I mean, it, we get a lot of it now. So... It is weird. It is weird though that that the fandom seems to be overcritical of things on the screen. But if you put it on a page, it's like, no, it's great. It's like, no, it's it's just as ridiculous. How can you like one and not the other? Like people are praising the rock geode in the High Republic, but they're hating on, you know, something a Grogu jumping in the Mandalore. It's like I don't how are you like where's your thought? I don't understand that. And I haven't read the High Republic, so I can't comment on Geode. I haven't all. I Let's, haven't either. Okay, so we're on the same. Let's go back to uh Shadow of the Empire. You love the Star Wars games. There by the way, those uh, the super Star Wars games are fantastic. If you haven't played them, you gotta find a way to play them. Yeah. They're on I think some of like the cheap uh, knockoff consoles and the, I have a yep. PS4 the Darth Vader PS4 my wife got it for me for Christmas I got eight years ago whatever it was and um, it came with the first superstar was Super Star Wars oh. was one of the games in it and that was one of the reasons why I wanted the PS4 over the Xbox because I was like I want to play Super Star Wars <laughs> and Pod Racer Revenge like those are the two games I wanted to play because yes. Super Star Wars and Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi are three I think under discussed games that were way more fun than Truly I think they like they had like Star Wars was gone at that point, and these games were mm -hmm. phenomenal. But yeah, Shadows of the Empire, but it did, they were they were, but they didn't bring Star Wars back into the forefront for I don't think for anybody. But Shadows of the Empire did, and it was I believe it was like George Lucas's kind of like test to see if there was still mm -hmm. a market for Star Wars on the big screen before he started going into the prequels. So Shadows yeah. of the Empire was a game, like you said, a novel, a soundtrack, and a comic, and then obviously there was a line of toys. I'm guessing. I was in my teens at that point. You would have been as well. I'm guessing you weren't getting the toys so much. But did you? Did yeah. you do like? Did you? And I know you weren't doing comics, but did you end up reading that novel? Because the, the novel was a big deal as well as a game. Yeah. Did you end up yeah, reading so the novel read and anything? The novel was amazing. That's what really started. That's like I said. So to read the Shadows of the Empire novel, which I've definitely lost by now. I literally read it like once, and then. Yeah just put it down and that but you know that really opened it up and going into that that's where if me and other people like me yourself wanted more that's when it was like wait a minute why aren't we getting any star wars like come on like this is a good story we need shadows of the empire part two we need more of this background and that's where you know like you said that may have been the spark the fire that lit lucas to finally get to the prequels and get to the Phantom Menace, which then, of course, introduced us to some of the. It, I I don't care who you are and how great, and I will. We were going to talk on it. How great Anakin versus Obi Wan in Episode Three is. You cannot undermine that Darth Maul fight yeah. with Obi Wan <laughs> and Qui Gon Jinn. So no. amazing! And to listen when when Duel of the Fates hit for the first time since all of us were kids we had not we had not got anything because like you said people didn't play the super nintendo games and if you could actually get past the first level of the super nintendo game you like super star wars you were like oh wait a minute see that a lot of people didn't make it they got to the 
you know, they got to the sand crawler yeah. and they were done with it. But when you got later in that game, you got stronger. And I will say this each game, Luke got stronger in the second game. He had powers, but not many in that third game. He had literally like 12 or eight different powers. So when you get to see that and you hear Duel of the Fates hit after only getting Shadows of the Empire music previously, Duel of the Fates, I was gone. Like I went and bought, I still have it to this day. I have the, I have the soundtrack. Why not? It's amazing. Duel of the Fates, I think John, well, we'll talk about it a little bit, but John Williams to me hit like peaked, like he hit his peak at the prequels. Like he was, or I shouldn't say, he was peak John Williams at the prequels. I think that yes. was some of his best stuff. Shadows of the Empire, yeah. though, you, you mentioned a good point about how they were like, were we getting more Star Wars? And I think, I think, you know, young people today, early 20s, whatever, they might not understand, like, because Marvel's been around now for 15 years, whatever it is. And Star mm-hmm. Wars obviously has lived on. And, you know, there's all these franchises. But back then, franchises weren't really a thing in the in, theatrically. <laughs> like, they they like they like were like three movies. It was like three movies, done. Three movies, done. Mm-hmm. Leave the weapon, threw in a fourth one at the end. But it was always like, <laughs> it was kind of like they hit their peak. And then the actors were like, I don't want to be typecast. I'm not going to do anymore. And it was a very different time. Because, like, they yep. hadn't figured it out. Like, movies, movies hadn't figured this out yet. You know, it was taking a while. And... It took Marvel. I, I would say it took Marvel to really do it. I mean, the prequels. Were, the yeah. prequels, even though they are Star Wars, they're three very separate movies from the originals. It, you know, they, the different actors and everything. So I, I think Marvel's the one that really kind of figured this out, and they let people know, like, hey, you're not going to get typecast. You're actually going to be more popular. But now, mm-hmm. you know, now they're saying, you know, the movie stars aren't movie stars anymore. The the action, the superheroes are the movie stars. It's a weird time, yeah. but it was weird back then when you didn't know. Phantom Menace. Yeah. You're excited. Opening night. When do you buy your ticket? And tell yeah. me before any of that, when the trailer dropped, did you watch it on TV or did you take seven hours to download it on QuickTime? <laughs> you know, it, it definitely. I saw it on TV before I downloaded on QuickTime or LimeWire. <laughs> I, I, you know, that was LimeWire. <laughs> this is Diablo Two area, man. This is like <laughs> I was in that world for a minute too, so. It just like to me, you to get that actual to get to see that that was like okay, Star Wars coming out. And I, I remember a few of my friends had just not cared about it anymore, but the couple that came with me, you know, we were still into it big and we were just down for it. And then, of course, you know, I brought the, my my oldest, so it was like it was like the way you want it like you're going there, like old school, like in the teenage when you're like 80 of your friends would go to the theater and watch a movie all together and just laugh and just have your own little thing going on because really that's the way movies are best enjoyed is doing that i mean you can't put it any other way it's just and bringing up the the marvel movies too you are 110 percent correct on the marvels giving us so much content allowing your mind to think about well what are we doing in this multiverse what about this multiverse and then they throw this at you and they're throwing so much at the normal fan right now a lot of people look at Star Wars throwing everything, you know, the Tales of the Jedi. People don't talk about that a lot, too. But those are nice little cool little 15-minute snippets that are, you know, nice. And they tell, they they help fit a story. You know, that's the biggest problem with a lot of the EU people is that they said that they had their stories. They had their books, which we will bring up some books coming soon. They had their stories. They had their books. So they would always act, like, pompous about it. Like, hmm, blah, 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 blah. Watch. 
it's just his dad. Okay, watch. They go on. He meets Mara Jade. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool, dude. I don't have all that time. At this time, I'm trying to work, trying to make money to buy these games coming out and go see some movies. So, you know, these it, these guys, like, that's what really gets it. And that's what leads to one of the, the next movie, honestly, Attack of the Clones. Everybody kind of jets on that. You talked about the music, Attack of the Clones music. Whoop, whoop. That's some good stuff, too. And you said it's his best, Williams work two that that right there other than i I still will lean three two that was attack of the clones the music you know when you first see yoda fight when you see just the wars happening and the the build-up and then the eventual love story between anakin and padme it just worked so well and even though people got to remember if they say that this is their worst star wars film remember that that's still better than probably 8,000, 800,000 other films that they've ever seen. A lot of people say that. Well, we do ranking, and this was the first year we've done it where it wasn't number 11 on, or the last place on our list. Mm-hmm. I do. I want to bring it up, though, because Attack of the Clones was a movie. It came out. I was in my second year of college when it came out, mm-hmm. and I'm watching it. And and all year, my roommate was obsessed with Star Wars, and he got me onto this thing called the Force.net website. And I bring this up all the time, and it freaking leaked. The whole movie was leaked. So when I went in, I've always said this, I was disappointed. I was let down by the by the Attack of the Clones. However, when I saw mm-hmm. it the next time, like a week later with my parents, uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more. And I want to know yeah. for you, did you did, did you get into any of the leaks at the time? Did you go in fresh? And what were your first honest opinions of attack of the clones you know again it goes back to just being parts of star wars and knowing that eventual flints that first my first opinion honestly to see doku fight and manhandle <laughs> obi-wan and anakin the way he did easily easily the way he did and and that at that stage of his life because as we've known like you know after what we won't bring up what he's done in other speak up those tales of the jedi we all know that a certain somebody dies but he is going down that path and you see yoda show up i could i i was so excited to go talk about yoda's fighting and his style and learning that style you know like not learning it myself but uh, i mean that'd be a little hard seeing me jump off a wall do a couple backflips while you know wielding i'd probably end up on my neck somewhere and then in the hospital but it was just that took it for me and then to see them plus a lot of people forget the war in that the war when they were in the coliseum like that whole that was just that and of course we lose Django fett we see mace windu get his little cool little moment when he comes a walking out through behind the curtains and everything like that and the jedi make their presence apparent in there so it the build-up I don't see why people said it ran slow too, because I even liked it when Anakin and Padney were jumping through the whole metal melting steel forging area. Like that was just in having to fight those guys off. Like that's dramatic to me. If anybody didn't see that, then I don't know if they were really watching it with their own eyes. My favorite part of that movie. And I say this all the time is I lo- I like what you just said. My favorite part though, is the speeder chase at the beginning when they're going after Zam Wessel. I don't know what it is about that. Uh, I, I loved it. Uh, the Mandalorian episode with Ahmed Best coming up. That oh, reminded yeah. me of that moment. I just, I love 
the speed chase and course. And that's why I love the pod race and the Phantom Menace as well. These are mm-hmm. things that I just that I just love. So you see Attack of the Clones. You're getting older now, right? Yeah. Revenge of the yeah. Sith is coming. Revenge of the Sith is coming. You have a family. Like, Revenge of the Sith is oh. coming. How were you equally excited for Revenge of the Sith? Were you a little bit yeah. more muted? Did you buy tickets right away? See it opening night? Was a big group of yep. you? How was that experience? Yeah, so the group had had calmed down a little bit. There is, uh, I still like my oldest was definitely older at this time. So this was just on. This was like taking over everything in life now. Just Vader, this and Vader that. We knew he was coming. Everybody knew he was coming. But man, the workup. You get the trailer, and yes, I went opening day. How could you not pass that? Pass that up? Yeah. I mean, you you got to remember too. A lot of people forget about this. You couldn't just get tickets online like that easy. You had to actually yeah. like go there and get it earlier. You had to figure out, or some people slept out. Like you, you had other ways. And no assigned seating. Yes, yes. Oh, that's so nice. Now I gotta stay, but you know things. Oh, me on. too. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> you know, there's no good seats. Love- Next show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hated. You know, I hated I lining up. D box. I I did. I oh, I remember yeah. doing it for wrestling events, getting front row and being out there. But then I was thinking, this is a little unsafe. There's a bunch of people with cash because most of the time when you yeah. went and bought tickets like that, credit cards weren't prevalent, so you had cash. And here I am, like a 15, 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, sitting out at 4 a.m. downtown with hundreds of dollars myself next to somebody who has hundreds of dollars because there's it would always be the same people. But, yeah, we had to get all those tickets. So, yeah, you know, and, but to see it, and, and you just talked about, Chase, even the Anakin – starfighter scene right from the go when they get in there and yeah. then it start off with dooku's fight and then the way you know palpatine slash he just he finally was just like do it you know like he finally yeah. knew that he was finally to him that whole part right there that just set the whole tone for the rest of the movie and reminded you of why you loved star wars why you go on why you always stay with it it's funny that opening scene, as great as it is, when I went to go see it the first time opening night, there was something wrong with the projector and the audio oh, no. for the the whole opening was gargled. So it was like they were underwater talking underwater with water and blah, blah, blah. and then oh. it stopped. It stopped sometime after they saved they saved Shivi. At some point it stopped, but then when we left, we actually got free tickets, so we got a ticket to go and we went right back the next day and watched it again. We're like, well, let's just use it to watch again. So yeah, the first time the opening scene, it didn't ruin it or anything. It was just you're like, this sounds terrible. Why does this sound so <laughs> it sounded awful? That's that's bad too. Cause you would add someone goes, Hey, how was the movie? And you'd be like, Well, I don't know. They were underwater for about I, yeah. 15 minutes. Well, I was full disclosure, I was okay with it because in the nineties I had like a you know, those boxes that weren't quite uh Okay legal and then where you watch and you would watch movies on them and they go, you know that's how i that's how i saw like a bunch of the like robocop three and yeah, <laughs> I had one of those gar- yeah Rob- robocop three was just a gargled mess of voices i'm like oh, they're robots well, I don't know what's yeah going. it's like hey this just works i gotta give it so not- yeah that was that was really what got into it and now this is where it gets crazy because we do get you know, we're getting still books for the expanded universe. Yeah. And we're getting into where they're starting to make more Star Wars games, like you were saying, like at this point right now. Now we have the actual Star Wars, you know, Revenge of the Sith game. You, Which you is, actually, in my opinion, a fantastic game. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to play it much. I didn't rent oh, it yeah? or nothing. I did not. Those ones I did miss. I bought it used, and I think I still have the disc somewhere for Xbox. Not that I have an Xbox. I have an Xbox. I don't. Anyway, it was it. I would say it was as close to as the fun as a Super Star Wars was. It was yeah. more like because there were some Star Wars games I'd be excited to play. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what am I doing? This game. Yeah. This game was really good, and you could you could play as Anakin and win at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Which was a lot of fun, but I, I do want to talk one more thing in Revenge of the Sith though before we move on. What was a more iconic moment for you? Was it the Obi Wan Vader lightsaber fight, or was it Vader's helmet coming down on him? Because we all we all waited like all those years for that moment, and it came down. I remember yeah. the theater was so quiet, and it just lands, and then you hear mm-hmm. the breathing, and people just like went nuts. So, what was more for you? Was it the lightsaber fight, which many people? say is their favorite and i think you and i are on the same page about mall or yeah was it the moment of the helmet being dropped so i definitely have to go because the action and, and the power and the whole lightsaber fight really and is really what writes it people forget what and when you know you could say anakin's face the way he looked the pain you could see coming from him when he was talking to obi-wan and telling him this is where it ends you know going that and how much how much hatred it was flowing through him and his eyes changing and you know going on at how delusional he was as well too how clouded his mind was going at at what he did to padme that he couldn't even understand he was hurting her he had gone so far and he had so much emotions running for him that to me was so like you could just say riveting so powerful and explained so much that hearing the breath for the first time is probably just up there as that but because the whole talk in the way he said i hate you to obi-wan at the end and you know obi-wan having you know as we all go on and having the nightmares in the series that that's how that debilitated him how much it took and we've watched if we've all watched the series of course and you know no spoilers if you haven't but to see obi-wan that first time when he just got dragged through hot molten burning stuff by vader and just just so scared to fight him but you knew the minute he went into that stance that he you know that stance that we loved so much that he did in revenge of the sith that that's what ultimately it's that but i will say this too his no when he's when he was told that padme did not make it and his crunching the crunching of the metal all around him had only shown like how much more he had grown how still raw powerful he was and how much you know he still was in that moment technically from that fight and you wonder how much he got out of that moment over the the 20 years at the 19 years between that moment well it's even less less than that when we see over one but between that and a new hope you wonder so friendship is over star wars is done we're not getting any more (laughs) star wars and then we get this thing called the clone wars and obviously video games did you get into clone wars at all you know, not initially. No, uh, I didn't just, I didn't have the streaming service that had it or something like that. It was just one of those things where it was just missing. Wrestling yeah. has always been one of those things that was really big. And of course, gaming. So gaming, we've talked about it before. Star Wars Galaxies. I played that for a very long time. And that kind of started giving me a little more like, even though those were all their own little stories, they still had stories that were still kind of true to it because that setting was the Empire Strikes Back setting between empire and jedi 
So that allowed for you to be a little bit into that story. So for me, that kind of gave me something to be part of for Star Wars leading up to that other than you're right. Like it was just rewatch one, two, three, four, five, six, rewatch four, five, six, one, two, three. You know, how many times did we all do that combination over and over of all those both different combinations? Yeah, and were you disappointed? Like, because I wasn't. Were you disappointed? I mean, I was in the sense that I would like more, but I also wasn't because I felt like we got what we got. Were you disappointed that there was no more Star Wars coming? Well, you know, you are sad at that point. But then again, if you, anybody with a good head on their shoulders knows if you go pick up the novel, you have all your access to it. But yeah. do you want to pick up the novel? That's That's the biggest key. And I think that that's where audiobooks, and Star Wars audiobooks actually differentiate themselves from other books because Star Wars books, if you get an action-packed Star Wars book straight up, it's like watching a movie with your eyes closed. Like yeah, it's a radio drama. Yeah. All the shooting. And even a regular Star Wars audiobook also does that too. Now that when we get into that a little bit, because that's that's kind of where I started getting into let's say about seven years ago, eight years ago, I got into because my job driving on the road. So leading up to, you know, the sequels and The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and eventually Rise of the Skywalkers, that's what really gave me because that allowed me to actually go back. That's where I listened to Master and Apprentice. That's where I listened to all the books like Attack of the Clones. That's how I relived Attack of the Clones. That's how I relived a lot of that. So having all that, over 40, 40, 40 audiobooks, all over 10 to 20 hours each, I listened to every, practically for years. And I just kept rolling it over and rolling it over. So that, and then that fell right into the sequels. Before the sequels hit, there was a moment in October of 2012 where word got out that George Lucas had sold Lucasfilm to Disney. There was a picture of Lucas and Iger and they're like signing. I'm like, Hey, it's gone. I I've always said this. I was very excited. I liked what Disney had started doing with Marvel at the time. They were only a few years into their Marvel endeavor, but I thought mm-hmm. what they did was great because people were loving it. Uh, so I was really excited about it. Plus, um, if you, I, I've been to. If you go to the Disney Museum in San Francisco, there's a quote by George Lucas, and he says Star Wars would have been a Disney movie if like Walt Disney was alive. To, paraphrasing, but around there because that's kind of what it was. So, what was your feeling on? Did you have any feeling on it? Did you care? And then when they said oh. right after, like, oh yeah, and we're going to do three more movies, what was your excitement yeah. level? So of course, you know, right there you get back to it. You're like, oh wait, wait a minute. So now this goes into the next story. So when this is announced, I now have my youngest daughter. So this is where Star Wars actually becomes more than just something that you yourself can experience and experience with others. Now I'm actually taking it to like another gen, like my younger daughter. So she's going to be experiencing it. We're going to be able to experience a new sequels, three movies together. The way I was able to experience that with my family when I was growing up. And I'll be able to, able to experience that with my oldest daughter and friends at that time. And now being able to experience that with other friends as well, too. Same, practically around the, the same amount of friends, you know, going. My youngest daughter. And 
she you know ray and then she was getting into it too she started getting like the ray she would get those little kid books you know the little comics there was a lot of kid comics with ray in them so she would get every one of them from the library we'd go to the library we'd get that and that's when i was at the library that's when i would get my audiobooks so you know it was just all this was going on and it was leading up to so my initial thoughts i loved the direction just like you i said hey we're going to get more content disney's going to make this happen and by the way it made it made lightsabers easier to get a hold of too because you couldn't really get a hold of lightsabers and then you could get some really cool ones and things like that and you had the different ways that it just opened that whole world up too so back in the day when you would have to go to ebay and try to find somebody shysty or not shysty selling a lightsaber that doesn't go down and has it and hits detect and all that cool little stuff you know you had to go to that place but now you you had this option where it just played up so much more and you also knew that you were going to get those books and those children books that was going to make it that was going to breed not only the next generation into star wars but was also going to allow us all as parents and even you know in my opinion a second third time because i also experienced star wars with my stepson as well too he's just really an awesome dude and he went to the movies as well so i was experiencing pretty much between my oldest and him the whole time and then eventually he came for some of those movies and some of the marvel movies too he's done that with you know my youngest daughter and it's created that cohesiveness that joining right there and giving disney the green light to do what they want may have been like a very very hurtful moment for the eu but for people like us only allowed us to be able to consume more knowledge of this universe that we want to know so much more about i you say and what you said is true because it hurt the eu but for me it never really did because the books still exist it's not like they took the books off the shelf and burned them Mm -hmm. it's how you can still read those books i kind of feel like they should have let some legend stuff still be written and let the canon stuff like whatever have fun with it i don't really care uh but there's two things i want to get into is what made you was it the excitement of star wars coming back or was it the excitement of seeing we'll get to the force wagons in a little bit so don't talk about that but was it the excitement of Star Wars coming back or was it the excitement of seeing Star Wars again in The Force Awakens? That Because you weren't into the books before, but now you're like, okay, I'm going to get these audiobooks. What made you grab those? It, that was it. It was really just that announcement and then finally going, oh, okay, so we're going to get a new movie. But we didn't have The Mandalorian at this time. We didn't have this filled up. We didn't have all these shows. You know, like we had Rebels at this time, of course. But that was still, you know, the Clone War-esque era and things like that. So for me, when I was like, okay, how are we going to do that? And, then, you know, of course, she was like, well, get this, get this book, get this book. And I'm like, let's just keep getting books. And so I kept and I just wanted as much knowledge as possible. And then as all growing up, I always heard about people talking about, you know, everything, you know, aftermath and everything, and Leia eventually becoming a trained Jedi. And I heard all these people, because believe me, I knew some people that got into the comics and got into the books as well, too. And they would talk at school and people like, oh, really, really? This was time. This was only like, all right, now it's time to learn this universe going into the future so that that way it goes forward with her as well, too. Because she practically you know, had to hear it from me about what happened in Master Apprentice and all those other books. But when I got to Avalon, when I got to that, going into 
you know, the, the Force Awakens knowing about Abeloth, it was different. It was, to me, it was like I had hit a Star Wars high because Luke had encountered one of his most feared, like he didn't fear her. I guess I should have said that wrong. He was scared of her in ways because how powerful she was, mm. but he never backed down during that. And that showed that his hope still ran through him even after losing Mary Jade at this point and all the, you know, books in between, you know, the Yuzhan Vaughn war, like we all know about Jason at this point, which, you know, provided so much more. So it gave me so much backstep. So going forward into these next movies, I looked for signs that would go forward. I, I to go forward in this passion, like the next trilogy, I would love to see that go in that kind of fashion, go towards like another super villain other than GVP. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> GVP was cool, but yeah, he's at his time. Yeah, I, I agree. My, my hope for whatever they do next is like, just have like, have a why. I always said, just have a why. Like, why are you making these movies? I know money is a factor, but why, why for the story? Why for the betterment of Star Wars? Why, why do I need to watch this movie? Yeah. I think TV, you can get away with not having the why so much, but even like Mandalorian, the why is baby Yoda, right? There's like, just have the why. Give me a reason, a purpose for it to be, not just, well, we're going to make more Star Wars. That's, that's where I am on it. And you, and we're getting, and you bring this up about the book of Boba Fett too, which people just like, they go, oh, yo, do you know you just got kind of like a story? Well, that's not going to be an EU story. No, no, listen, it doesn't have to be just like, there's a multiverse in Star Wars. Sometimes I don't think people think the two. Abeloth doesn't even have to be a girl. She doesn't have to be the queen of the stars. She could be an entity. She could be, well, I mean, technically she is. But at the same time, she, they can even cast her as a guy. That could be the next Ray. They could go forward with Ray and have Ray as, you know, Luke's role in those years, trying yeah. to train her son. And that son could be definitely named Ben, which would ultimately make the full circle of that. But just change that up. There's so much they can do with that. Will we see it? Probably not. Did I go a little off my yeah. rails on that one? <laughs> Star Wars is all about going off the rails. Let's go back. Force Awakens is hitting the theater. You have yeah. a young you have a young daughter now. And yes. I and I think this is important because Ray was a character. They made it a, a female lead in Star Wars. I mean, we yeah. were kind of like the bait and switch of a Finn, whatever. I'm always, mm-hmm. I've been okay with that. I never wanted Finn to have the Force or be a Jedi. Yeah. Like I was okay with him being Han Solo. Han Solo is my favorite yeah. in the originals. I, I know, Finn was my favorite in the Force Awakens. But the movie started. It's mm-hmm. all Ray, 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 Ray. And when the movie ended, I'll never forget this. And I really want to hear your perspective with having a, a, a singing with your do- your young daughter. Is my sister who was in her twenties or whatever 30s whatever she was at the time when it ended she was like oh it was nice to see a kick-ass woman like that was her opinion i'm sure my wife had it but i remember my sister was vocal on that when we left the theater because i think my dad made a joke (laughs) but but my sister was very vocal on it so i want to know your opinion like you go in uh i I don't whatever you thought of where it was ever but but your daughter you sing it with your daughter witnessing with your daughter and you said she wanted all those books what was that experience like that that experience just it's the best because how can't you not want to like pass that on like it's going on right now with football like her she's she's technically a Steelers fan but I'm a Rams fan you know and she's a Steeler fan because of mom 
but she loves Patrick Mahomes. Why does she love Patrick Mahomes? Well, because she just watched the Super Bowl. So to see her actually, and then she's pulling up facts. Like she was like, hey, dad, what school did Patrick Mahomes go to? And I'm like, oh, look at you trying to come at me. Like, you know, so you, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And she get, like, so to get that with Star Wars and go in, and you bring up a good point about Ray and people go, well, she shouldn't have been that powerful with the force, or she shouldn't be able to go against a trained Kylo Ren slash Ben Skywalker. She shouldn't have been. You know what? She was. Do you know why? It didn't matter about her link to Shivi. It didn't matter. Look at yeah. what she had. She had practically a vibro lance. So she already was athletic enough because of her climbing and her junking mm-hmm. ways. And we watched it at the beginning. Like she didn't need the force to make a lot of those jumps she did. Maybe she was channeling it minimally. But she was making that off of her pure body alone. And then she had fighting skills with that stick, the Vibrolance. Yeah. So to translate it, if you watch the actual fight, if anybody does watch it, she, you can see her kind of learning how to use just a one-handed sword. But then she kind of starts catching on because at that point, like they say, the Force awakens in her. And <laughs> that starts to start molding. She starts seeing things. And Finn tried it too, but you could tell that he just wasn't strong. Again, goes back to, you know, Star Wars and in the video games is when you started out as a character in Star Wars Galaxies, not all characters were always Force related. So you could start out a character and you just would never be a Jedi. Of course, they changed that. But at the same time, that's kind of the idea of that Star Wars is not everybody even though some may be force sensitive, not everybody has to be a Jedi because there's a lot of other great stories to tell between solo, between so many more movies and books. What did you make of the last Jedi? So, cause force awakens for, I always call the force awakens a donut, right? It's like, it's, it's delicious. It's kind of empty, empty calories at the end of the day, but it's a lot of fun. You know, you enjoy it. You're like, okay, great. But then The Last Jedi comes, and The Last Jedi is like, well, guess what? All that fun? You're going to have a salad now, kid. So you walk yeah. into The Last Jedi, because we're around the same age, um, yep. and a lot of people our age or older can't stand that movie in a lot of ways. Yep. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I think it has a lot of highs and it has a lot of lows. I also call it the mm-hmm. most overrated and the most underrated of all the Star Wars films, because I think now, if it's your personal favorite Star Wars movie, there's nothing against like that's your opinion. I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. But it's just that people are like way too high on it and then way too low on it at the same time. And it's like yeah, just chill, so man. It's a freaking movie. Like just relax <laughs> on it. So I just want to know, like you're but you go in to see this movie. What were your thoughts on it? Did you enjoy it as much as Force Awakens and all the other movies? Uh, or or not? I mean, to me, it looked like I it's the last Jedi. We actually are gonna get to see Luke again. You know, and you know, we don't have to go with pouring milk or anything like that. Stories like, although some people probably <laughs> thought that, that was the best part of the movie, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you, I, I, so when I bring up my video games earlier and I talked about how he had extra force powers that we never really got to see on the main screen, this when he force projected himself, that actually was one of those moments. That was one of those moments you actually got to see. So how powerful the force could actually be in him being able to transmute himself the way now I'll, I'll throw her back in. Abeloff was able to do this multiple times, multiple beings at, at the same time. 
And that just shows how powerful she was when she, you know, drank from the well, you know, bathed and all that stuff and got, you know, became who she was. So when I seen Last Jedi, we were already ready to see the darker side. I didn't care so much about Raylo, but I didn't care that it happened either. It was just something yeah. that was just, okay, this is going to happen. Fine with it. I'm cool with it, but I wanted to see how he, how Kylo was going to turn Ray against Snoke and how he was going to be able, which he actually did. He was able to take down Snoke, which ultimately brings a lot of people's questions up. Was this Ben Skywalker's true plan that when he talked to his father and he told him, you know, there's no, pretty much told him there's no other way that this has to be done. That look, your sacrifice, my sacrifice, everything that's going to end up being will finally bring down this one true, eventual, hateful Palpatine. And that's what happened. And that's what we got. We got to see, we, we got answers. Everybody went in with answers. And when we seen that final at the end and everything go down, even the, you know, going down with the guards and, it just gave you that full aspect of this movie isn't bad. This movie had to happen because Ray wanted to know who she was. And unless they took a whole movie to explain and to have her search her dark side of herself and to see what was open, we weren't going to get that explained in the final movie. So to take that now was the better. And if people hated it, that's their problem. That's the problem because I didn't hate it. Maybe I won't rank it as high as my other ones, but at the same time, it gave us Luke. It gave us Mark Hamill back in that role. That's something we needed. They didn't have to put no plastic face, computer-generated face on him. Just him going there and training and not even really having to do too much with Ray was more thought, than I think anybody needed. And he has that moment with R2 on the Falcon when he R2 plays uh, Leia's message from from a new hope it's a it's got a lot of great moments in it abs I, yeah. I think so my my the only my biggest gripe with that movie after all these years all these years now is uh the humor a lot of the humor doesn't land for me still and it's just like <laughs> i'm just like just can i get remember yeah, when block bad. remember when blockbuster used to edit out nudity out of movies i oh, wish they man. could edit, i would go there and edit out some of the humor out of this one. i know people are getting mad at me and if you like it that's fine i'm not gonna argue your opinion <laughs> yeah we didn't need those moments right <laughs> yeah. there's uh, it's just like for me i'm like i don't really need that joke that. but anyway so that movie ends you hate it with a passion you go on you start your youtube channel i hate the last jedi.com uh you become a, yeah. no, i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> but now we've got we've got uh before that we got to rewind a little bit I completely passed this one up. We got our first spinoff before this, and it's yes, behind you right now. And you grew up watching A New Hope on VHS. Yep. And this one uh, was it. It it was Rogue One. We were getting the opening crawl of that movie in oh. in its own movie. Were you yeah. how excited were you for it? And how many how many times did you see it in the theater? If you saw it multiple times. Okay, so. I, I usually am a one for person now. I mean, the one of the biggest movies I've seen the most in the theater was Gladiator with Russell Crowe. I nice. bought that soundtrack as well. <laughs> you know, it was, I, I went and seen that movie, I think five times, literally wow. opening day, opening weekend. I, I was there all weekend. I, I saw it Friday with my, just alone. I saw it with my friends on Saturday and I saw it with my mom and dad on Sunday. And that, that was like literally, so I only seen it once. 
But I did not expect this. I didn't look, go in with any spoilers. I did not see Rogue One opening night because at that point we were just like, okay, mom's working, so let's go see it at this. So loved Rogue One. Of course, I am one of the people that loves Solo too. I love the way whole Solo does everything. Yeah, I love you Solo. finally get to see the Kessel run and Han's right, you know. And when this scene happens right here, when yeah. this scene happens, I I cannot believe how that this, I, I, like my mind, my eyeballs, I was in D box. <laughs> so when he grabbed the guy, oh, and nice. way, and the guy went that way, yeah. and the chair was like, woof, woof, like ooh, it was shaking when he grabbed that guy, and you felt the. It was like holy. Yeah, I could. It was it was great. I will say this: after I seen this movie, we went home and we started Star Wars: A New Hope. Yes. Just, yeah. There's no other way. Who didn't do that? Actually, on the first time I saw it, I didn't do it. Then I saw it again because my dad's birthday is December twentieth, so we took him to every Star Wars movie. This one we saw opening night. We didn't take him because his birthday, I think, was. The Sunday, so I think we took them. We ended up going later that year, but it was a snowstorm opening night when we went to go see it. So we saw it and we liked it. And we got home, we're like, whatever. We worked, I worked the next day. Then when I we took my dad for his birthday, went to go see it. We lived in an apartment at the time and we got home. And and my wife got out of the car and she goes, Let's watch Star Wars. And I was like, Yes. And we put it on like right away. And it's just like it, it's so seamless how it goes into that movie. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's so brilliant. Oh, and just, so he good. Falls right in, like he just like pisses that, and then he just goes yeah. boom, he's right there, and he's after Leia, and everything's getting transmitted, and pods are flying out down to yeah. Come on, man. It's just it was it's it's like you know people love to say what they say, but it's just it it was the perfect Star Wars spinoff movie. Oh, the perfect yeah. Star Wars spinoff movie. This is this would have been a book in the nineties, and now we're getting it in the theater, and it's this yeah. good. Shut up. Just shut, take my money. Let's go. Uh, yeah, solo, solo. You liked? Were you one of the yeah. people that were like, "I wish we got Obi Wan," or were you like, "I like Han Solo. Let's go do this." Yeah, you look. I'm fine with the way they did Solo. I would do Solo too. I, I think that there could be so much. I brought that up in the chat the other day with Quentin yeah. Tarantino doing Solo too. Like that would be just freaky <laughs> weird. But I, I would just love to see that go work out. And if it, we, I don't need it though. I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, I have all the stories. I read one of the books I think a lot of the people miss, but I think that a lot of people should, is the Millennium Falcon. You learn so much about the YT-1300. It's just, I think that was what it is. Anyway, I think I'm right. But at the same time, just seeing that the true purpose of that actual ship, and I'm not going to spoil it. People just go read it. What the actual purpose of that ship is in that book explains, but it's just not how Han it went through when Lando had it, how Lando won it, and the other people that had it before that. It was the true story of this shit. And that that just right there gave you so much more than, and so allowing when Solo came out, that's why I loved it, because you get to see Solo. You get a little bit of that book in there. You, you see so much more, and again, it comes back to the combinations that we get of games now, of movies now, and books now, and how we can just fill in gaps of this in shows now. We can fill in the, everything that we always dreamed about when we was growing up. When did this happen? What happens after that? And then your little comic book people would tell you, and you'd be like, no, 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 not for me. I want more. 
And that doesn't mean you were different. It just didn't mean you have time to read a book or something like that. So that's really where it goes to. Rise of Skywalker. This is a movie that I don't, not a lot of fans of it. I don't think anymore over these. I still, I still find it fun. Uh, you, you get your ticket, you go see it. Your daughter's a little older now. What was that experience like? And were you satisfied with the ending? Were you satisfied with the inclusion of Shivp? And uh, what were your hopes going forward after this one? So, of course, everybody's going to have their ideals about how this movie should have went. And going forward earlier, when I was talking about, I wanted to see if they were going to try to set up the next set of films going forward with maybe, which they technically did. And when I just getting the opening scene, of course, you're going to feel it's rushed. Like you just start off and just Kylo's already got the artifact, you know, he goes there and he already encounters him. And it's just right there from the go. Of course, if you read the book, you understand that there's a lot more that leads up to that, which is where, yeah. you know, the books people do are right. That you get so much more star Wars in the book, whether it be an, uh, the audiobook doesn't cut anything out. So you're literally going to be in it. And to get that, that, listening to that book east that moment for me so it didn't allow me to get that feel rushed moment of how a lot of people said that everything just seemed like one two three four really fast at the beginning of the movie before it kind of went into it for me it was just enjoying that movie and just knowing that hey this is going to be the last one we knew that pal shivi he's back he's ready and we want to see what he does now for the actual fight Dude was just throwing, like, he, when he threw that electric bolt up in the air and just shocked every ship in the system, what? Like, you didn't see that ever displayed. Like, why did you even need a Death Star? Couldn't he just point yeah, his I hand know. and be like... <laughs> Done. Yeah, Done. Definitely. He just could just be floating around out in space and... <laughs> You know, it's funny is is the opening was very it is fast paced. I found that with Rogue One the first time I saw it too. I felt like even the Last Jedi, I felt like there was an uncertainty certainty yeah. at the beginning of these movies where they kind of I I felt like they were they didn't flow very well. Over time, I've gotten used to them and now whatever. But the 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 Rise of Skywalker for me, I still think they could have cut things from the opening and changed the crawl, and they would have had a smoother opening of a movie, yeah. less jarring less you know i i, I really I, th I know it's weird sounding like you would take no. stuff out but i think if they removed a couple of it and just changed the crawl because that crawl is terrible if they would like yeah. it's probably the worst crawl everyone loves to say when the was it revenge of the sith or attack of the clones war yep. that people are like that's the worst like no i think rise of skywalker has trumped that one because it's kind of a pointless crawl too anyway we won't get into it but like the i and i like the movie but the crawl ends i think you change the crawl and you you can actually remove stuff and it would flow a lot better and be a little less jarring I and you could explain like people you use a call to explain yep yeah i think that Chewy. I think what, if they would have just actually uh started the movie off i think they wanted to start the movie off fast pace and then when they started yes. it off fast pace this is what got them that thing if they would have just did a slow build the way you didn't they didn't need to do a long build like i know that that's the way you want to start one of those movies but like you said, there was a lot of other stuff they literally could have cut out. If they would have just maybe did a little bit leading up to Kylo getting that actual artifact that led him to GDP in the end, that if you actually got the background of that and then remove some of the other stuff, it 
it probably would have flowed a definitely a lot better and would have gave you like why am i doing this right now why why is this happening yeah. right now because when you it's like it's like going to jump in a pool but you just already are inside the pool you're like wait a minute i'm already <laughs> it's so it. true. <laughs> and it's, it's like, like whoa it just went right from the go yeah, well so, how'd i get in I, here <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, wait a minute how's like literally he beats gvp within <laughs> 10 minutes of the opening scene and five yeah, minutes is just us way too words. fast like that yeah, that could have been a so build, fast and they could have did a lot of uh selling within that build so that's that's over the time yeah that's i mean that's probably over time uh george lucas wanted to make a live action tv show we eventually got one in the form of the mandalorian I wasn't crazy. I, I like the idea. I thought he looked cool. I wasn't big on Mandalore's uh, Mandalore during the Rebels and Clone. I I was just yeah. like, whatever, they're fine. They look cool, whatever. I was never obsessed yeah. with. I like Boba Fett now more than I did back then. I know I'm the only one, but I never really. I wasn't a Boba Fett fanboy growing up. He wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. figure. Uh, I like Stormtroopers better. I, I wasn't really into Boba Fett. Um, not to say I didn't like Boba Fett. You know, I didn't really care. Well, I would watch the movie if the Josh Trank movie happened. And, yeah. So I was like, I was fine. So do? the Mandalorian show comes. I'm like, okay, let's see what we got. What was your expectation, your hope, and what did you make of the Mandalorian when it started? I know you're not a big oh. Grogu fan. I I, I, love, I still love Grogu. I'm waiting for him to hold He's the, the dark server, but you know. Yeah. It, 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 but so when we are all here that we get the Mandalorian and we're going to, so this is for me, I'm like, oh, this is back. It goes back to the solo kind of stuff. This is gunslinger stuff. This is what we need. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. I mean, that's core Clint Eastwood stuff like that. Like, you know, John Wayne. Like, that's what makes sometimes the. It's great to watch people fight with swords, but if you remember, what replaced all the medieval movies that were black and white? Black and white gun smoke. Like, it was about yep. the shooting and the people dodging and trying not to get hit or trying to get hit, and you know, just started adding like it, it just that right there adds to it so getting that with the mandalorian knowing that we were going to get to see all of his wonderful tools haha change that up from toys because we're not going to get copyrighted <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just was one of those things where it was like i mean we all knew when this first started we didn't where we were going to get grogu but at the same time when it started out and you see you you get the sense dudes already sliced out bounties paid and you get mm. carl weathers grief slap you you start seeing the story develop then you're like whoa this is getting like like watching him get beat up by that by that rock creature too the the bull thing yeah. that he eventually got on him he like that right there that whole like of course you know like we already know grogu's around at this point and things like that but to see all that going down to see him grow as well i think a lot of people overshadow the where the mandalorian comes came from that he came from armor that didn't match that he came that from doing these little side jobs to getting a job that actually went beyond his purpose and was told that you know by the armorer when he said this is the way then he decided to follow that purpose rather than follow that bounty ultimately and then became attached so all, just getting the Mandalorian was opening up a can of worms for everything to come in the future. We knew that, but to actually see it pulled off and to have a likable character, to see him break code and take his helmet off and knew we all knew that he was strict on that going through that because it was well told. Yeah. 
but he still did it anyway. And then it leads up to what the series is going on now. Almost like when when you you know you say that that was the true end was at the end season two when he goes off with Luke. That's real statement, and that everything else now we're just getting a fun little psych. Like, was he just always going to be with Luke, and Luke did make him choice? Like, why wouldn't Luke try to at least you know give him a little visitation? Because that's what ultimately linked with Grogu, and what changed what changed the whole series. I think because now we don't. We don't get Luke anymore, which is fine. Maybe we will. And that that's for the future to be told. But for now, having Grogu with the Mandalorian, it works because they're more than just that bond. They're almost like a team, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the Mandalorian ended with season two and now it's the Mandalorians or whatever. Like, and now it's just, it's like, it's like a second half. It's like, the second part of their sto- journey, right? It's like, I mean, the story is just as important, but that storyline is over, and now we're in, yeah, 2.0 is, is where we are. So at, in that time yeah. now, we've got Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Andor. Were you, did you love all three of them? Was there one that you preferred to the other? And I mean, Andor is very much different. It's such a different show. And yeah. were you are you with me as one of the seven people that like Boba Fett? Are we two of the seven? Or are you someone that's like, screw you, Boba Fett. I moved on. Uh, what did you no, think of I, I loved it. I, I liked Boba Fett because we were getting to see what happened after Jabba was no longer in rule. And to see all the syndicates form and how the spice trading is, is huge and live and and him trying to say that that's not going to be do you know on my planet you know so people you we all knew like because we heard from the comic people about that as well that boba fett lived on so we knew he got out of there but what happened and that is what we got with the book of the boba fett and there was nothing to dislike about it and of the three i mean of course the heart's always going to be with Obi-Wan. I mean, how can you? <laughs> I already brought up that end fight with Vader when he literally just took his machine apart. He took the machine apart yeah. and just made him a man again. And God, that that scene right there, just even more the thrilling of the eyes when you're looking in Anakin's eye, but still Vader, but then the mask. And then you hear him say, I killed Anakin that finally so gave him that closure in a way to know that there was nothing he could do to actually change that. And that's why all goes good back to Qui-Gon Jinn always foresaw his death as well too. And that was the one thing that still always, that even though that those things were going to happen, they moved on. And so Obi-Wan for me was just, I was fascinating. I thought, it was the young Leia was hilarious too. Like you want to bring up funny comments. I think she definitely got the funniest comments in that whole series. <laughs> yeah. So she, she was uh, good. She was really good. Yeah. She played the part in, in it was demanding. Like you knew that was Leia. You knew you had yeah. no question that that powerful, powerful being that she was, that that was Leia, that her stance how strong she was at a thing. Like when she called out her cousin for being a, being a punk right in yeah. front of everybody. She literally was like, bam, blast in front of the whole family. <laughs> so that was good. As for Andor, we actually, that was, that was, it was definitely a darker side. We definitely enjoyed it. it took us back to the, you know, the more of the slow solo feel again. I'm just going to bring yeah. that up because that's kind of the whole gunslinger 
thing. It brought it back to that, but to hear, you know, to see Cassie and go on with that and to make that story come out and to see and hear you guys talk about it too, that just why do people not like it? Because you guys bring up a good point. It doesn't always have to be about the laser swords, people. Mm. It could be about a good story. It could be about a gunfight. It could be about tactics and droids, which has always been a big part of Star Wars droids. I mean, R2 has literally helped three trilogies of people get out of hairy situations. So without these droids, without CP3O, they wouldn't even been able to translate that in Rise of the Skywalker without him. So it all comes back to the droids. It all comes back together. It comes back to all these moments. You know, can somebody like it? Yes, I'm not going to say you should like this and you should like it all and you should be happy to take it all because that's what it sounds like I'm saying. Maybe I am, but we should all be <laughs> thankful that we're getting that and that we're getting this content and that we're getting these areas filled so that when they go forward with whatever way they want to go forward with, if they want to go Old Republic, they want to bring out some Darth Revan, they want to bring out some of that, then that's fine. They don't have to go forward and, and go to a New Age Abeloff. They don't have to do that. Disney can do and tell any story that they want, just like they're doing with the MCU right now, and I'm fine watching it. Yeah, Eternal sucked. Yeah, the whole ending doesn't suck, and all the movies, you know, you could say, well, each one of the cutscenes, it's just nothing is adding up. But I'm fine with watching it. I'm fine seeing Kang in multi-uni, the multiverse. I'm I can't wait to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three because I know that that movie is going to be straight up awesome. It's just going to be awesome because all the Guardians of the Galaxies always have just a great pace of music and a great movie structure. So we're getting that. And whatever way they do, whatever forward they go with Star Wars, I'm going to be sitting there. Hey, maybe one day I'll be seeing you know more star wars with the next generation like the, the rest of us and being able to actually experience all those fun times and relive it and hear about the books that they're coming out with and seeing some of the stuff that's what we want right 100 percent, well said as well star wars is dead let's move on star trek forever <laughs> I heard Picard season three is amazing. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard season three of Picard is amazing. No, and you started with Star Trek. You got to go back to your roots. All right, <laughs> thanks so I much. Did. This was been... isn't that weird. <laughs> this is. <laughs> was... Yeah, you went out. I think you're. I think you're. Yeah. Tell them where you can hit where they can hit you up everywhere on the socials, online, podcasts, everything. You can find me at Heat Override on Twitter, and you can find all of my work. Baseball season coming up with your Toronto Blue Jays hat right there at Dr. Roto. You can find my podcast, Bring the Pain, on there as well. That's more sports oriented. But at the same time, you I've got tons of podcasts. I've given out my top five villains of all time. We've all discussed it. We've all talked about Star Wars. And that's how you bring the pain. And may the force be with all of you. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Give us a like and a subscribe. Thanks for being my guest today, Rob. And may the force of others be with you. Hey, scumbags. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.